physicality. Got caught tripping. I did. Maybe I need to take a longer nap. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's the next episode the Afro Puffs and Bubblegum. <laughs> Today we are talking about fan service. We're continuing our conversation about fan service. And now, right now, we are dealing with toxic fandom. Uh, insert crawls. <laughs> so especially being women and especially being women with black bodies we deal with a lot of the negative aspects dealing with toxic fandoms so just to kind of bring it full circle fan service is deliberately giving fans exactly what they want especially them titties and them penny shots (laughs) (laughs) you can't just say titties like especially them titties and penny shots no you gotta be like titties and pennies because that's the spirit in which it's wanted But anime flares aside, fans have become more entitled and emboldened with their opinions, demands, etc., while bridging the connection of social media with creatives. All of these festering problems can be found in this singular spot, toxic fandoms, which can destroy a good time with great fiction. Toxic fandoms come from a plethora of spaces, be it possessiveness through gatekeepers and both social justice warriors. So, the biggest case of toxic fandom that I think, and I think we all can agree with this on, is Star Wars. And the, as a lot of people have been saying, the rise of white male erasure. But I think it's more like the rise of the whiny man babies. I wish we can get like a sound bit of the smallest violin play. I can find it. <laughs> I can find like it. right when you say that, I just want like some dramatic ass <laughs> violin. My heart will go on Celine Dion crying. <laughs> and... I will find that audio clip. <laughs> because uh, it's just been an ongoing shit. And it was it was like before even Star Wars popped up. They were legit getting mad when is a sprinkle of brown and black start entering the films. Yeah. Well, you know, if like I'm watching my fantasy and Star Wars genre and uh, sci-fi genres, I want them to get the puckering of the booty hole of a monster or a dragon or an alien, perfectly rendered. But keep brown and black. Keep your political correct. Black, brown and black people and diversity out of it, okay? Just the entire galaxy and fantasy realm is not big enough 
for people of color and women who are anything but but titties and booties. <laughs> A word. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's been an ongoing problem. Like I could not believe that bitches were mad that Rue was black in Hunger Games. Like when they realized she was black, I guess her being black wasn't transparent in the book. But when they saw her and realized she was black, they're like, I can't relate anymore. I can't connect to this character. (laughs) Rue was not supposed to be black. Oh my God. How can I? How can I feel? I can't relate to the blacks. But okay, so like, here's the part that drives me nuts. All right. I read all three Hunger Games books before the movie came out. And yeah, I did too. When I saw the picture of Amanda Steinberg, who ended up being the actress for Rue, I cried because she's a legitimately how I envisioned Rue to look. Yes. And I'm like, like no, this precious angel. And this is why it was accurate because before we even started recording, I remember I'm one of those people reading comprehension is big to me reading and listening comprehension. These are important life skills that people do not want to accept. And it drives bonkers, <laughs> but it's a book. All right. I looked it up in my Kindle on page 98, which is if you use your e-reader, not a 26% into the book, Katniss sees, and this is her description. A little girl from District 11 standing back a bit, watching us. Then she goes on a little bit and then says, she has bright dark eyes and satiny brown skin. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't know she was black? How many white people do you know with satiny brown skin? I don't know. Maybe they was getting their brown mixed up. Maybe they thought it was like dark white Ariana Grande brown. <laughs> oh my Ariana gosh. Grande brown. She is mighty brown now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, have you ever have you ever seen the show she was from, Victorious? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's literally like it's like you've seen those old wooden checkerboards where it's like wood and darker brown. Like it's almost like that. Or it's I don't know how to explain, it, but it's just it's literally like chocolate and vanilla. There it is. Because she was tasty, no beautiful, Ariel, no and victorious. Like, she wasn't ugly. I don't say pasty to be like, oh, she was ugly. No, she was she gorgeous. She was pasty. She, she was, was just, pasty. she was iridescent. She was so white. Like, and you put her in the sudden, sun, she gonna burn. Right. <laughs> you take her picture with the flash on, she gonna burn. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, she's got this rich caramel complexion that people are like, oh, it's because she's Italian. Miss like, me. No. <laughs> I'm like, she ain't Prince Eric Dark. <laughs> I mean, she was pale like Spideris pale. If y'all y'all please Google Spideris with that little, you know, Mrs. Spider Sunshine, that's how pale she was. No tea, no shade, straight facts. Yeah, but Honey Boo Boo was iridescent. <laughs> It just it just drove me nuts, and for people to sit there and be like, "Oh, I can't relate." Oh, so it's not. And I've actually seen a legitimate text uh, tweet where someone was like, "Is it bad that like I don't think Rue's death is so sad now they cast a black girl as her character?" Yes, yes, yes you that's are bad. scum. That's really There's bad. There's a certain 
place for you and you should uh-huh. be ashamed of yourself. Not only that you had those feelings, but you felt emboldened enough within yourself to throw them out into the stratosphere, into Al Gore's internet, Beyonce's internet, where it's it will Beyonce's remain internet forever. Now. Please tell it me that she got ripped to shreds with that. I piece. don't know. But oh. it was... It, because it, it was in the article I was reading about the backlash, because people were also mad that Cinna was portrayed by Lenny Kravitz, and he was black. Now, Cinna is not described in the book the way Rue is, but they mentioned that he has gold eyeliner, simple gold mm-hmm. eyeliner. And, like, let's be real, it's like seeing gold eyeliner on a white person doesn't pop the way it would pop on a black person. And the right. way Cinna is introduced in the book, and I didn't look this up, but it just, his presence was such, it was simultaneously a pop and smooth because he stood out in the fact that everything about him was very put together. It wasn't garish and gaudy like the rest of Capitol. He was very put together. He was had a very clean look, and he had gold eyeliner and let's be real lenny kravitz is not a bad looking man oh no no he's not so now you're reminding me of a time where lenny kravitz was performing live and his pants split oh really oh yeah that was a nice video it flopped out and said, hey, oh. and I'm like, oh, my. Oh, the boy was all in town. He was just like, hey, I'm here, lady. All right. That scared me. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I thought I was going to watch somebody perform. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus. I saw more than what I was bargaining for. <laughs> I did, too, but I wasn't complaining. I was like, ooh, pass the wine. <laughs> I was like, and I, oop. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, he, I mean, so people were legit mad. And then especially if you, if you're big in the series, you would know that like district 11 is in like the southernmost states where there's a heavy black population, especially yeah. with it being agricultural and everything. Because mm-hmm. like, if you look at the map of Pan Am, like Atlanta is in district 11, like, so of course there'd be black people and not just black people, blackity black people because it's the U.S. Well, I didn't read the books, but I'm like, why I feel like this the nigga district? Because yeah, it was. It's the black it, yes. it really was. I'm like, <laughs> I knew exactly I'm... what district I would be at. Right? <laughs> like, I wouldn't be with the careers. Right. <laughs> but there was no complaints about um, Jennifer Lawrence, Thrush. that child's name has escaped my mind. There was no complaints about Jennifer Lawrence playing Katniss, but Katniss is uh, described as having olive-toned skin. Mm-hmm. She sure was. So, casting Jennifer Lawrence, who originally did not want the part because she wanted to be an uh, indie actress, she didn't want to be an Hollywood actress, so this was her breakout role. Her mother made her take it, which is the only reason why she is where she is now. But Casting her in that role whitewashed the main character. I mean, let's be honest. We deal with whitewashed shit all the time. Look at Storm. Look at Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You mean to tell me that this man 
who descends from generations of Africans and is born in the Middle East and North Africa. He he just magically was a blonde haired <laughs> blue eyed white man, the only one in that locale. I love that was those like this is me, the only white man in Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you guys you ain't shit. Oh gosh. But yeah But it's, yeah. It's just and even with um you put Halle Berry in this. Don't don't be trying to trip me up. Haley Bear. Like, Everybody was tripped up. Holly Berry had to go like, bitch, that ain't me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, the yeah. little mermaid. Niggas <laughs> read. I remember that whole fiasco. Yes, I Berry, like, what the fuck going on? Why are my mentions going off? Right. Um, in case the people are confused, hey, right. Holly Bailey was going to be the little mermaid. No, was. She is going to be little mermaid. White folks got mad, and so they thought it was. Holly Berry. Well, so, so, and Holly Berry was like, that, what the fuck? So, so, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like science says that the mermaids would be white because there's no sun. <laughs> I saw that shit. I'm like, nigga, you put a science with a mermaid? Science dictates that Superman will be black then. <laughs> right. But guess what? They're both fictional. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, Drea. <laughs> I'm like, we really going to do science with some half fish and half person? It's not even a mammal. Okay, even though the tail is shaped like a mammalian, because you know fish dorsal fins are the other way. But okay, sorry. Well, you know, I guess the myth of the mermaid actually came from sailors who had seen. I think I want to say it's a beluga whale. I'm not sure what type mm-hmm. of whale it is, but it has knees and it's yeah, thin. I've seen that. So they saw that and they're like, "Oh, it must be some human fish hybrid." And then it's, it's like, "No, bitch, I'm a white ass beluga whale." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I I the idea that all of these fantasy and science fiction worlds exist even in a dystopian fashion that fashion that they exist without the presence of people of color like make it make sense people of color outnumber white people in this hello i'm about to say don't we outnumber globally houseway but we can only voice the aliens i guess (laughs) (laughs) oh wow that was such a big disappointment because I'm like, oh my god, Lupita, Lupita, and right? Summers, hey. and, and then um, I found out, and I'm like, mm, yes, I, I was very disappointed at that because I thought she was gonna be an actual like human character in Star Wars, and I was like, oh my god, there's gonna be a black woman in Star Wars, and you know we had Billy, Billy, um, B Ray, but it, you know, I wanted to see oh, a Billy woman in Williams, Williams, sorry, yeah. I remember his name because I'm uh, thinking cause... combining it with a uh, comedian. Yeah, so I, I'm a hybrid right now, but yeah. But then I see saw you did that. Like... I thought you meant Billy Ray Cyrus. I'm like, he's yeah, old town road in the Star Wars girl. My brain. But yeah, it's like, and then I saw she was playing this alien. I was just like, damn, y'all really don't fuck with us. Okay, she wasn't even a pretty alien though. <laughs> no, she wasn't. It was like she kind of looked like a booger with lady. Definitely look like a booger. And then her eyes was all wrinkly because she got some goggles on. I'm like, put them goggles back on, sis. You do. But 
but I mean, we got it in the last Star Wars movie. We got one girl, but she didn't get any freaking character development at all, besides her being an ex. Um, I know that. Did you guys see it? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, her being yeah. an ex stormtrooper yeah. and going through the same thing Finn went through. I like that. Right. Um, Lando decided to Help her take out. her in. Like, I was like, oh, look, it's daddy daughter dynamic, and that was, that made me happy. But yeah, yeah. she. But even with that, because like, um, and because we mentioned Lupita, we mentioned the former stormtrooper with um, Finn. Like they mm-hmm. nerfed Finn because the thing that they mentioned at the that I actually looked up after the movie after seeing the was the Rise of the Skywalker. The one thing that Finn wanted to tell Ray, and he's like, Ray, I have something to tell you. He wanted to tell her that he was force sensitive. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember him coming out and saying that on Instagram, and I was like, really? That's what you wanted to say? Like, I I don't know. I thought that the way they were playing that up in the movie was just like, this is kind of weak. Because obviously he was force sensitive in the first um, the first Star Wars. Well, the first trilogy. I mean, the new trilogy. So. I just, I don't know, I thought that was just kind of dumb. Like, I feel like he was just written kind of... hmm. Yeah, they just, they... (laughs) I was disappointed that, because, okay, had it been a confession of affection, I would have been okay with that, because Mm -hmm. I would much rather that Rey, the heroine of the series, end up with somebody who genuinely cares for her, as opposed to like this weird creep stalker who's like, hey, look at me, my box body shirt is. You are nothing. I love him, but go ahead. <laughs> no, like, I, he's a phenomenal actor, but I think that his his character pairing Ray off with his, with his character was weak, and I think it was whack, and it really made more sense if. He, she had been paired up with Finn. Now, with the caveat of, you know, obviously there was no real development between him. And, well, up until the last movie of this trilogy, there were no other black women in space. So, you know. Mm-hmm. He's I gonna... know. We just a rare ass breed. But here we are being trendsetters on Earth. But we ain't killing it in space. Right. I guess. Look, look he managed <laughs> to find three of us. There's three of us now. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! But to like make it something, it would have been. I would have been more okay if it had been like Ray, I love you, because I'd be like, oh okay, this feels organic, as opposed to it being Ray, I'm force sensitive. Because with it being Ray, I'm force sensitive. Well, now you just it just feels like we wasted his whole character. Like he has no development now. I would have loved to see another Black Jedi. All we have is Mace Windu and his Kool-Aid lightsaber, purple Kool-Aid lightsaber, <laughs> which, to his, to the credit of purple the Kool-Aid. costume people, the prop people, rather, Samuel Jackson did ask for it to be purple, which... It's not really even a prop, because that's special effects. Yeah, but, you know, but let's be honest, purple, gold, they look good on us, so I ain't mad, but True. again... Like, I feel like he just, that, that wasted his character because where's the resolution in that? Question. Do you think we might get a series on that Netflix Disney? 
on things. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't either. Oh, that means investing in a mm-hmm. series with a black actor as the lead. Mm. But hey, Black it's, Boy Joy and Black Girl Magic is highly profitable. It's highly what? I said Black Girl Magic and Black Boy Joy is profitable. Extremely so. And like, that's how you know how transparent the industry is because they know full well that there is a market for Black Girl Magic and Black Boy Joy, and yet they don't pursue it. They don't act. what I felt like with A Wrinkle in Time. When they released A Wrinkle in Time and how they were advertising it, I'm like, are y'all trying to capitalize off of Black Girl Magic? Mm-hmm. They were, because the original character was white, because I read that book too. When I was, I think I was a, oh man, it was between fifth and eighth grade. I read those books because it's like a series. Um, the Wrinkle in Time is a series by Madeline Lango, but um, they didn't do a lot with the story. And actually, what I thought was interesting is not only did they um, try and did they kind of race bend or switch up the characters but they also kind of took away a lot of the major components of the books because the components the books themselves are fantasy but there's christian elements in it and they didn't have that which is why you had that kind of demonic devilish looking villain because he was supposed to be representative of satan in a sense so i thought it was just it yeah, the book is really good. Like I said, it's been it's God, it's been so long since I read it. But they just they didn't work it the best way they could, and especially with it coming out on the heels of Black Panther, like it did. Yeah. They were really it did felt a bit disconnecting. Right it did mm-hmm. felt kind of disconnecting in the sense of a fantasy, because sometimes it didn't feel so fanciful anymore. Mm-hmm. Like at one point they were at a suburbia and everything was like too perfect and I'm like that was oh, creepy. I thought, I thought Girl, we were supposed I, to have an adventure. <laughs> I watched the trailer. I, I didn't watch the movie and I was like I was so here for especially um, Ava DuVernay getting you know such a big budget film from Disney. I was just like yeah I'm gonna go see it. But when I saw the trailer, I was like I don't know what the hell is going on in this trailer. I I couldn't figure out what the story would be about it. If I'm not like invested in the story by the trailer, not that I need to know all the details and you know plot you just and everything, plot yeah, but I just need to see where it's gonna go. What I'm, I, I just didn't get any type of like idea. It was confusing, so I was like, nah, and that's I the problem. It didn't go too far for a fantasy. For a fantasy, it wasn't a lot of world building. There was uh, not. There was it world was building was pretty world. much non-existent. You need and world building in fantasy. In world building in that book because essentially the plot is the girl thinks that her dad's dead and has been dead for a while but these entities stop her and they tell her i think it was actually those dragon. giant women right well i think it was actually in the book it was a dragon i know there's a talking dragon in there but anyway that's cool she finds out that her father's alive he's just trapped in another dimension all these scientific experiments that he had were successful and when I don't think she thinks he died I think I don't know what 
Either way, he's not around. And they're like, yo, your father's trapped. You have to come rescue him because you're the only one who can imitate his experiments the way he did. So she and her brother go to go rescue their father from this alternate dimension. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite get that in the trailer. <laughs> but, no. Uh, it wasn't done skip. well. No. Yeah. No, but, it wasn't. I mean, it had cute moments. Mm-hmm. It had, you know, like visually, it was beautiful in some parts. But then after a while, it's like it felt flat. It did. It felt. It felt like they tried to do the element, the same element of design, for the Avatar movie, not the Last Airbender, but the Avatar movie. Yeah. But like, could, didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It was like, yeah, we're trying it, but we don't want to make it look like we're trying it. But we also at the same time don't know how to do what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I think that was, isn't that like Ava DuVernay's first movie, something that big, using mm-hmm. needing visual it effects was. houses? Yeah. Okay. And I honestly, that was part of the reason why we spent money on it. Because, mm. I mean, if we don't take right, care of our I own, definitely get it. Yeah. Like, I, we, let's be honest. We knew who, the, who was going to patronize the movie and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if people got mad over Rue and Senna being black in the Hunger Games and they knew that, and that was a more modern movie, if they're going to be mad over that, I know they haven't read Rink. I know nine out of ten of the people who went to go see A Wrinkle in Time didn't actually read it. But mm-hmm. for the ones, like, so with that in mind, they're going to be like, oh, some black kid magic movie, whatever. And then they just keep on moving it. I'm like, nah, because. Ava is great as a filmmaker because she tells what you can coin as alternative black stories. And by alternative black stories, I mean black stories were basketball, trauma porn, um, or like, I don't know, any of the weird monolithic BET themes that you typically see in those types of movies or movies that center on us. She doesn't write in within those themes. And so if I gotta slide through a movie that I want to be better, just so I can show that yes, there is a desire, there is a market for those movies, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Shamelessly. Well now, talking about support and, you know, black figures in these world building sci fi's and going back on toxic fandoms. You guys are more of a Star Wars head than I was. Was there issues being part of the fandom and being black? Yes. For me. <laughs> I would say because I'm heavily into the the card games as well and I keep up with obviously the movies and um starting to venture off into the um legends of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, it's just uh for me, especially being a black woman in that space, oftentimes it's like when I talk about it, I feel like I'm being heavily like criticized if I make a mistake or if I don't know all the names of all the species. And it's almost like, oh, well, you're not really a Star Wars fan. You're not like us. It's like I always feel like I'm the outsider. Like, no, but I still love Star Wars too. You know, I just happen to be doing other stuff and not studying 
all the hundreds of species in Star Wars. My bad. So it's in oh, my no, no, you're not allowed to have a life. Exactly oh. outside of Star Wars. Oh no, Brittany got stopped by the Blanche Gatekeepers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, like, when I, I used to play the game and, like, you know, um, the Star Wars card game, and I would go to a comic book store and I would play with other people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm playing, too. I take out my deck of cards and my, my dice and, you know, my little chips and everything. And it always felt like, oh, you actually play. Oh, you're not just here with the, the boys, you know, just kind of waiting around for them to leave. And I'm like, no, you know, like, I'm playing. And so it's like they never took me serious. That's what it felt like. It was just, I got tired of it. So I and eventually did stop playing, going there and trying to play with them, um, the guys at the, at the comic book store. And then, um, yeah, now I kind of keep to myself when it comes to Star Wars. Like, I'm very, very cautious of what I say. Just because I know if I say it wrong, then here it comes, you know? So, yeah, I just kind of talked to Aaron about it. And my dad, because my whole family on my dad's side are, like, major Star Wars fans. Like, been watching Aww. it since the 70s, you know? That's so cute. Yeah, it was like, we uh, actually took a family pictures. All of us had Star Wars, like, shirts on. So it was a very big part of my, my uh, family. You're a Star Wars legacy child. I am. <laughs> Star Wars. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> so, yeah. So it, but it kind of makes me feel bad, too, because I can't really get into the, the fandom because you know, I'm not allowed to just be, uh, make mistakes and stuff like that. So, because you already got two strikes against you being black exactly. and being the woman. Exactly. How dare you bring your marginalization into <laughs> our humble abode? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, with me, I've fortunately had a bit of a different experience. My parents were interested in, my parents when I was younger, they were really into sci-fi. Uh, they kind of grew out of it. I have not. My mom collected a bunch of limited edition Star Trek mugs that she gave oh. to me for Christmas a couple years ago. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, I started more actively, I got into Star Wars kind of on my own eventually because yeah, I would see like Phantom Menace or whatever with my parents and every once in a while like the movies would come on, but I took a greater interest in it myself. And fortunately for me, but kind of unfortunately at the same time, I never went into Star Wars exclusive spaces. So if I was already speaking to someone about Star Wars, we already had a relationship of some sort. So one of my best friends is a white guy and like he and I can go back and forth on Star Wars all day. My husband, he's really into Star Wars too. And so we could go into it. We have a Star Wars poster in our living room. And actually, I have a Stormtrooper mug. I think someone gifted me too. And I know this is blasphemous to say, but it's right next to my Star Trek mugs because I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Girl, Brittany's over there ready to fight. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm not that crazy of a fan. <laughs> I like both. That's like mixing Nike and Adidas. How dare right. you? Right. I'm uncivilized. <laughs> I know. Such a heathen. But um, <laughs> I will talk Star Wars with there's really only three white people I would talk Star Wars to. They're all white guys. 
but two of them are very progressive in both their political views and their social views. And the third one is a co-worker and I, he's been learning more about what diversity actually means and how it's not just, you know, a thing of color. It's actually a diversity of thought and why these thoughts come from these places. So, uh, with him, he read, he reads all the Star Wars books. He oh, does, cool. yeah, he, so he knows everything. And he was actually very disappointed because he was like, you have this entire universe built that doesn't center around the Skywalkers and the Jedi, and yet you keep making Skywalker movies. So, yeah. that was, that was his rant. But, um, yeah, no, I've talked with them. So, pretty much all the experiences I've had in dealing with Star Wars, like I said, I've already, I've, were with people I had a relationship with. I never had to go out of my comfort zone to try and engage with the Star with the Star Wars fandom. Girl, but I, I went but, to a Star Wars celebration last um, spring in Chicago, and like I'm for jealous. the most part, I think uh, everybody's just excited about Star Wars. But you, you'll be a couple weirdos that's just like Star Wars is their life, and it's just like you're that fan. You know, let me get away from you. So throw a trial size deodorant at them and run. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I um yeah, like I said, I haven't been that but what I will say though is that a lot of the people I know, like black people I know who are into Star Wars, a lot of their stories are very similar to Britney's. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are, you know, they they're being othered they're seen as outsiders and how dare you come into this space with your black behind and talking about you know like star wars (laughs) right like how dare you say that you like this thing and what is interesting to me is that like science fiction is a mirror of society and that's exactly how these last Three, these last three movies functioned and a lot of people didn't see it. Kylo, like, a lot of people didn't like Kylo Ren, but, like, Kylo Ren was the mouth-breathing gatekeeper that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Just the, the purist, the one who has to follow in the steps of the legacy no matter right. how terrible it is. Like, science fiction isn't just there to be entertainment. It's actual social and, like, so, social analytics. Mm-hmm. The Empire, the it, the Empire was the Nazis. The um, New Order, or First Order, rather. Those are the alt-right, who are the same thing as Nazis. Because they were the same thing as the Empire. So, and, the, and <laughs> the guy who I said I worked with, he pointed out that with the, because again, he's socially aware, and he said with the way that the stormtroopers were set up and the way the First Order and all that was set up, it wouldn't make sense for them to have black stormtroopers because, again, they were space Nazis. Mm-hmm. So, that's a critique that we can have a debate on another time, but, like, people don't realize this whole time that they want or that they like this genre, that they love this world. And they don't realize that while they think they're Han Solo, they're really a stormtrooper. Yeah. They're really somebody active 
and not smart enough to come up with something new and creative, but just following the marching orders of the false sense of supremacy. And it just, it just, again, reading comprehension blows my mind. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, talking about social analytics before we move on to our next toxic fandom. Um, Kelly Mary Tran, 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 hmm, how to pronounce that last name? Anywho, she got backlash <laughs> for existing <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> but, you know, and she will put, and she ha- even had to delete her Instagram account. And she said, like, it wasn't their words that hurt her that she started to believe them as in growing up as a woman of woman of color that she posted being marginalized spaces and only valid as minor characters. I wonder though, is most of Kelly's backlash was it because she was an Asian woman or was she was a fat Asian woman? Because Asian women are highly fetish. Oh, oh, she was a little chubby, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. I just remember thinking she was adorable. Like I just because yes. I. The only reason I remember that she was chubby was because her cheeks were mm-hmm. so cute. Like, she was just <laughs> so cute. Like, she I was. love seeing she cute is. people, especially cute women, because we don't, uh, we just don't get the exposure to these. But I think, wow, I don't think I'm qualified to speak on whether or not her backlash was fat phobic because I am not fat. So I don't want to take the space of someone who is. But I will say, as a black woman who's experienced racism almost constantly, I will say a good chunk of her, of the backlash she received was in fact because she was Asian and because she was a woman. And I think that's like really tragic because like she really had to build herself up because the three of us have gone through what she said about being told that we're women of color and we believe we only belong in certain roles. Well, I won't say women of color. We're specifically black women. Um, and we were told that our roles are already cut out for us, that we have to be black first and woman second or whatever. And then we have to adapt it to society and fit into this role and this strict fit, uh, structure and organization that we have to fit in. And then we break through. And I can't imagine being somebody who broke through that constantly, never ending, made it to where she wanted to be, where she could have only dreamed of years before, only to have people knock her down so violently that she started to believe that conditioning. Yeah, that was a very sad situation. I was very disappointed in Star Wars fans. Like, I know how toxic it can be, but for this, the way they treated Kelly just for existing in Star Wars was unbelievable. It was bad. That's why I was pondering about the social analytics. Like, are you backlashing her because you're racist or because she doesn't fulfill your fetish that you will tolerate right. within your racist quota. You know because what? anti-blackness is universal. Mm-hmm. So them having a backlash on Finn doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. It was a black woman on there. It wouldn't surprise me. Anti-blackness is global. But people have their exceptions. 
Mm-hmm. They would take a light-skinned black girl over black cocoa cream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if Kelly fit the mold of their fetish, would she be more tolerable? So it's like, social analytics-wise, not only you're racist, you're fatphobic, but you also treat people like commodities and accessories where they're only permissible if you like it like that Mm -hmm. yeah and when you were saying that i was i'm sorry for interrupting but it made me when you were talking about fetish when you used the word fetish it reminded me that it there might have been fat phobia in there because there was also backlash because general Leia organa had a mom body like I, which is very to have oh you know, why am i blanking on her last that. name fisher. but care yeah carrie, carrie fisher. fisher people were actually because remember in the original trilogy she's all trim and she's wearing like the slave garment and the chains and everything got the belly out you know but which i think it's weird that people kind of fetish that fetishize mm-hmm. that because that was slavery like and like slave fetishism but is that weird could, but. but that could say something to the social analytics as mm-hmm. in that's how they see women right. you can only be yeah. in this marginalized space of being sexy exactly. because this is a male dominated genre even though historically speaking started with a woman mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> sci-fi so, started with a woman as Marie Shelley and uh, Frankenstein's monster so that's why I, I was just curious in that note Do are they even I doubt they're that self-aware. Like, the reason why you're having these problems is because you becoming the worst of the worst, even in the, you know, universes that you follow. But what would be worse, though, the fact that they're not self-aware about their own biases and fetishes, or if they Mm -hmm. were self-aware of their biases and fetishes and still went with them. Because, like I said, that one girl with, um, hunger games with that tweet talking about some oh i recognize that i'm biased but i'm gonna play it off as a joke i recognize that i'm racist but i'm gonna play it off as a joke like no that's not okay like i would much rather somebody come from a place of genuine ignorance and seeking the opportunity to learn than to be like to know that they're wrong and just be loud and wrong at the same time Part of me want to pick that person. I'm like, so what's about blackness that make you so dissociative? Do you see too many black kids getting murdered on television mm-hmm. with the news? What is it that is so disconnecting that when you see her face, you don't feel sympathy anymore? Right. Because mm-hmm. even I, as somebody who prefers to see black faces on the screen now and actively ignore films that don't have a lot of black faces on the screen i could still watch a movie where a white person dies and still feel sympathy so just because you don't see yourself reflected in somebody shouldn't deprive you of your humanity girl exactly you would think right yeah. Maybe we're just not human to begin with, so they're not meant to feel for us. Mm-hmm. But talking about people who are, I guess, what's the term? 
they self-impose themselves on characters or they think they do oh so well we can head on to our next toxic fucking oh, fandom <laughs> okay so this was number one in watch mojo top 10 toxic fandoms of 2018 and number one is rick and morty uh, they're so awful i almost hate admitting that i like this show like i will not buy any rick and morty merch because the fandom is so ridiculous and i rock merch like I am trying to buy up all the My Hero merch that I can possibly buy. I am wearing my Harry Potter slippers right now. And, like, I will never, ever, ever buy Rick and Morty merch. Because I want someone to be like, oh, she likes Rick and Morty. And then they come up and they're like, hey, you're swifty. Or they start eating (laughs) Szechuan sauce tantrums and... No, just leave me alone. I just like the show. I don't want you to identify me with yourself. Exactly. I'm not one of you. (laughs) Oh, man. Rick and Morty. Like, the show is fine. The show, like, not even fine. This show is great. So good. But, like, you have a large variety of people who are fans of the show thinking they're Rick when at best they're Jerry. (laughs) And, like, they're just, and what I mean by that is that they're so unaware, of their sur- so unaware of their surroundings, and they really think they're these smart, like, witty people who are better than everybody else. And really, they're not smart enough to see that, like, Rick is actually a terrible person. Like, yeah, he's smart, and he seems like he doesn't care, but it's killing him. Like, mm-hmm. he's emotionally dead because he self-sabotages himself. <laughs> And they're like, hey. That's who I want to be. Right. And it's like, you have to be smart first. Because at least Rick recognizes what's wrong with him. These folks are like Jerry. They don't see nothing wrong with them. They just out here flipping out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Rick and Morty is definitely, I I really enjoy the show. Um, I think it's very, it's well written, smart, smart, funny. Um, I do like all of the characters, even and Rick. it's sci-fi. Yes, and it's sci-fi. So if you love sci-fi, definitely check the show out. But the fandom is just some like something I don't want to be associated with at all. Which I don't also buy merch. I'm not a big merch person anymore. When I was younger, I used to buy a lot of merch of the shows that I like. But now I'm just kind of like oh, I can put my money somewhere else. But that's one thing I would not buy is Rick and Morty merch just because I don't want to be associated with them, especially after that chicken nugget fiasco. Now, let me tell y'all, when that Szechuan sauce came out, I was in line like the the folks you saw on the news that was trying to get the sauce at McDonald's. I was definitely one of those people. I ended up not getting the sauce. I got like a little small poster. And but I saw the frustration in the line because, you know, they're like, "Are we gonna get the sauce?" Like it was starting to build up to anger. I'm like, "Yo, we're standing in line at McDonald's trying to get some chicken nugget sauce. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> like, come on." <laughs> and this how many of those funny. people actually liked the sauce? Or, uh, and I, like, because they genuinely liked it, and how many only wanted it because it was in Rick and Morty? I would say. 85% of those people just wanted it because it was in Rick and Morty. 
Gosh. See, while they're getting fashion wine sauce, I'm like, can I just get that sweet and sour though? Right? That's the best sauce there to me. I don't, I haven't eaten McDonald's in four years. And when I did, it was breakfast. And oh my God, that was the worst experience of my life because I, like, it was the only place to get food while I was on a road trip and then we drove through Tennessee and for those who don't know Tennessee has a lot of mountains so oh. I'm sitting in the backseat of a car after eating McDonald's after not having eaten McDonald's in god knows how many years driving through mountains do you know how sick I got but <laughs> you had me at mountains I drove through mountain once and I'm like I don't like this shit that's just scary <sighs> It was I even know. You're my daddy. That's the end. We can go over any minute Girl, now. Oh, quick God. story. When I was in Taiwan and I went to Jifun and I was on the bus going up the mountains, there's like no rails. And the bus was old. And I was like, there's no air conditioning, nothing. It was like, what? Brittany, if you die, nobody will find you here. <laughs> That's all I Question. Will anybody like, be looking will for you? Here. <laughs> Gosh, but I made it. Well, yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so I'm I'm I didn't go for the Szechuan sauce. But what threw me off with that, it was just so incredible to me, was the fact that like it became trendy to go to McDonald's and act a fool over this sauce. And like there was one video, I'll never forget this. This guy was like screaming at the cashier. Mind you. People at McDonald's get paid. McDonald's get paid seven twenty-five an hour, which is the minimum wage, which has not gone up in ten years. So here's a person getting paid seven twenty-five an hour, having some crazed, obsessive Rick and Morty fan screaming in their face about Szechuan sauce. Then he starts spinning on the floor. Then he jumps up and then he jumps on the counter and he's just throwing a tantrum on the counter, like full toddler tantrum, jumping up and down. Then jumps off and then runs out the door laughing. Yep, I remember that video. And I was like, that is why I don't fuck with y'all at all. <laughs> I can see you right now judging them or eating your chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. Like, see, this is why I don't fuck with y'all. <laughs> Acting a goddamn fool over some sauce. Okay. Oh, it was so bad. And I just, my heart went out to the McDonald's employees. Because, first of all, they ain't paying y'all squat. To begin with, y'all deserve so much better. But then secondly, now you gotta deal with these folks. I get paid decent, relatively decent money at my job. And um, I wouldn't put up with that foolishness. Uh, Look, I just, <laughs> my supervisor told me. I've done retail. Day, Let me have somebody jump on some damn tables over some goddamn sauce. <laughs> Probably lose my job. My supervisor told like, me the other day I, I need to stop shit. walking away from folks when they get crazy. Oh, you do, you girl. Walk I walk away. Oh my god, sometimes you have to. I'm like, oh, this is not in my pay grade. Sorry, let me go find right. it. Like it's above out. me now. Right, it's right. It's, it's above me now, and I walk yeah. away, and they're like, Tiffany, you gotta. You know, the people are expecting for you to try to, you know, you got to listen. And sometimes they just want you to listen and you got to mitigate this and blah, 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 blah. Especially when you trying to move up with the company. And like, I was like, all right, I'll try and do it. But it's hard, y'all. Because like, I had just stopped giving smart remarks when people say stuff to me. Like, no. I've only been. Baby steps. <laughs> right. 
right, right. I just stopped being smart mouth for two like, weeks. I just fixed you... my face. Right, I just fixed my face, and now y'all want me. You want me to stop walking away from them? Right, right. now I got. I can't walk away from people anymore. Like, oh my gosh. It's like, what can I do? Right. Once upon a, once upon a retail hill, I had a customer ask me to tie these gym shoes for her son who's grown as fuck who'd be buying his own shoes so he can use it like slip-ons what i told her this shoe wasn't designed to do that alongside the laces on this shoe now he's returning shoes because they were quote-unquote too big baby maybe because they were tied too loosely so in my mind, I already knew I wasn't going to do this shit because I already have a long line of people. You too. And I wasn't about to sit here and just try to organize this gym shoe to be a slip-on shoe. So I tied it, but I didn't tie it how she wanted it because I have better shit to do. And so she noticed I didn't do it. She's like, ma'am, I want you to tie it so it could be like a slip-on shoe. So this manager... He ain't black, but I guess his black telepathy was, like, plugged in that day. Because <laughs> he slipped through. He said, Andrea, what's going on? I'm like, these people want me to retie these shoelaces to be slip-on shoes. My name ain't Kizzy. I ain't doing it. So can you please, if you want to, you can do it. But I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> so like, he came and he started to help them mm-hmm. and then i asked them so politely i'm like can you move over to this other till so i can take other customers then this ma'am this woman i said this ma'am this woman started telling me how i was so rude because i wouldn't tie up her shoelaces when i had over 10 people in the damn line and she just spent her hard on cash on a shoe that was on sale girl i just had a man the the, the last man i walked away from i uh it was because I, w- I walked away from him because he was cussing at uh, me and another employee because Ooh, he wanted cussing. us to scan. Yeah, I'm his- definitely walking away. He wanted me to scan okay. his one item that he had brought over to self checkout. Oh. Uh huh. He wanted to wait. I, it just registered. The self checkout. <laughs> 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 just I was like, oh, Tiffany. If you're supposed to, yeah, no, I, I got it now. Self checkout, got it. But it was one I, I, item. It wasn't like I was on like mm-hmm. a regular register and you came through. Like he came through with one item and self checkout. It wasn't busy. If you really wanted that personal, you know, experience, he could have went through a regular <laughs> line. And he came through self checkout and was cussing at my coworker because yeah, I would walk. He wouldn't. Yeah, because she didn't. Well, first off. She wasn't even in that department, so she didn't have the equipment or know where it was to do it. But, like, it was a mess. And, like, so I I scanned it and I walked away. And here's the kicker. That man didn't even finish the transaction. Do you have enough money? No. You know whenever you finish with self-checkout, you're supposed to press the button that says you're done. Mm-hmm. He didn't. And then he came back complaining he didn't have the receipt. I just boy, bye. <laughs> Go home. <Girl. laughs> this is I'm going to get my with my walk I'm away. Tired of this. I know. <laughs> don't y'all have walkies and shit? I don't. 
See, I, I would have pretend my walkie went off, and I'm like, "Excuse me, yes, you need me," and I just walked I've done away. that before. <laughs> I've done that before because, like, I used to work in the electronics department, and like, it always kind of threw people off because they would be like, "Oh, she doesn't know electronics." Like the people at Best Buy couldn't help me, so she doesn't know electronics. Surprise, surprise, I learned everything I know about TVs and stuff like that from a guy who used to be a um, troubleshooter for a major company for um, Comcast. And in being around him for about three weeks, I learned enough TV information or like, I'm probably good buying a TV over the next 10 years. So like there were many times where like I would be talking to people about the TVs and then they would say something weird and I'd be like, Oh, what was that? Yeah, you know what? I gotta and then like... <laughs> Total sidebar. The funniest thing that anyone ever said to me this was before this was when I was working as a vendor and um, I was trying to sell a cable service and I'm trying to talk pitch it to this guy. And he was like, "Oh no, I don't. I don't need. The, I don't need cable. I, I have a fire stick. That that thing is great. You ever ever heard of fire stick?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "It's great. I can watch all the movies, all the shows, all the porn that I want." Oh. And I'm like, "I'm like, but porn is free." I'm like, "I can't too, sir. Even on my cell phone, that porn is, is free." <laughs> his porn he just everything was kind of dingy and baggy and worn and i'm just like and i'm talking about his clothes and his shoes girl you need to lead with that because i'm like what he was so excited that he could watch porn on his fire stick. Good for him. It's a little i dangerous. mean think about it back in his day <laughs> can he watch porn on tv like that i mean when we were kids porn only come on hbo at a certain time well, you know, like late, late at night, <laughs> and well, you swiping through, you like titties, right? <laughs> and then when your parents come on, you click the last button. You put the la- okay, so I didn't do this watching porn because they my parents had the lock on that. But what I would do when oh, I was watching, they didn't lock mine. Uh, if I was watching something I shouldn't have been watching, I had the the cartoon channel. No, no, I had a different channel. I would have USA as the last button because I had the cartoon channel memorized. So I would hit last, go to USA, and then hit the cartoon button. So oh even if they hit last, they couldn't see what I, <laughs> they couldn't see what I was watching. Girl, you were fine. I was not thinking about all that. I was like, just the last button. Cartoons. So here's the thing that, like, word to the wise, anyone who's a parent listening to this, yep. the more strict you are with your children, the sneakier they are yeah. and the smarter they get. So, like, I have some stories that if I told my parents now, even at the age of 30, like, they'd be, they'd be livid. So, I just, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was my secret. That I would, I would hit last, go to USA, 299 Cartoon Network, bam. <laughs> no, 296, 299 was Nickelodeon East and 300 was Nickelodeon West. Oh, I look at that, <laughs> Memorized it, yes. See, why are you giving parental advice? 
Dear parents, if you think it's a good hiding place for your porn, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Your kids they will, will find randomly it. find they that shit. Find Gosh. It's not like I was looking for it. I just like, that's a weird spot to hold some video cassette. Right. My dad had this? a shoebox. Oh. The shoebox. I was like, I actually went in there because um, usually... I would find like change and stuff like that to go to the corner store. And so this one shoe bag, I was like, wow, it is really heavy. So I pulled it from <laughs> under the bed and I looked, it was just a bunch of like DVDs. I was like, oh, dad, got all these movies that you didn't tell me about. Oh, you thought your dad got oh, all them bootlegs. We sat there and you know how porn starts with a storyline sometimes. So this one, this particular porn is like a storyline. And I was like, oh, okay. And so when the clothes start, start coming off, I looked at my brother and I was like, oh, they're getting real naked. Not like TV naked. They're getting butt ass naked. I was like, oh. And it, it clicked because my brother's younger than me. I was like, this might be the, the, the naked movies. And he was like, we got to turn it off. We got to turn it off. And we like got it off the DVD and put it back. I think my brother used to hit up some boxes. So I, I think after that, like, <laughs> you opened my, into a hole. He was in a box. You <laughs> ran from it. Your brother's like, jackpot. <laughs> That's my brother. I don't know. I don't know what I was looking for, but it was in the closet on the top shelf. I just thought, hmm. Mommy's bag is really way up high. <laughs> Why is this bag so heavy? She don't even use this bag like, oh. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Gosh, my parents are really was... super straight laced, so I don't have any stories like that. The two closest Aww. I have is that my bedroom was right under my parents' bedroom. And my mother and I were talking about this over the, uh, like, so you heard the bed creaking? I heard all Like, it was it. some cut. I heard more than the bed creaking. And I was talking what to my mom you? about it. You know, we're both married women now. And I was like, just so you know, we heard everything. She's like, I'll be telling your daddy that they can hear it. Uh? Yeah, yes, we can. You can let him know. Everybody. And it wasn't even, like, that they were loud. It's just, we hear it. Now, 
the way most bedrooms are set up, it's probably how my parents' bedroom is set up, where their bed faces the door. And my mother shot that idea down real quick. Because can you imagine you getting a little frisky with your spouse and the good Lord Jesus? <laughs> it's above Don't the door. Don't you already say, oh my God, you might as well bring Jesus in the bedroom. You have already summoned me to the fray. <laughs> I will now observe and bless <laughs> bless your coitus oh god this is terrible oh god this just and what's funny is my dad does not remember that and that's, and that's cool because I, I get it like my dad he is very devoted so I don't think his I don't think he put that together he just you know wants it's like hey let's have art in the house we love the lord you know let's be cool and Mm-mm. Look, I, I Your too mama love like, the Lord. I do not want white Jesus that close to my bedroom. Right. You know, like, I too love the Lord, but there, that's the one time that I call out to him that I, I don't I don't want to think about him watching me. Like, I don't want a response. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine, like, like, me and my husband, my husband's over here clapping cheeks, and then I'm like, oh, God. And then he appears like, yes. Oh, <laughs> With the Morgan Freeman voice, I'm like, excuse you. <laughs> and I get it. We're married, so it's, you know, it's blessed and ordained by the Lord. But, like, oh, gosh. Like, I don't even know what to do. I I, I just lay there. Like, I... <laughs> like, Lord, I know I have your, position, your permission for this, but I can't. Mm-mm, that's when you just might have to close your eyes and just commit. <laughs> 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 Keep on going. He gonna act like he ain't there. <laughs> gosh, that'd be. Oh. I could. Oh gosh, I couldn't. I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't know how we derailed. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> From Rick I don't know. <laughs> Porn <laughs> or sex. <laughs> gosh, but all right. Back to toxic fandom. Fucking and porn aside. Right. So we just got done talking about sex. Now let's talk about those who don't get any. Oh, damn. Oh, so sorry. I'm catching all the jokes late. My bad. Yeah, Grandma, come on. I'm up. I'm up. I'm here. All right. So number two and watch Mojo Top 10. Toxic fandoms for 2018 with Steven Universe. I'm actually surprised that this had a nasty cesspool side. I, I am a Steven Universe fan, but I don't get involved with fandoms with other people on a social network kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I guess I learned growing up that you just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can explain that later when we talk about gatekeepers. Because you get to extend the extremists, especially when you're growing up and you started getting into anime. So I usually keep to myself when it comes to like fandoms. I might just talk to my small group of people, but I don't interact with Same. it on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. But apparently, I do on occasion. Like if it's a if it's a predominantly black nerd space and Jamal Chan isn't there. Uh, Jamal Coon <laughs> isn't there, then like. Uh, and and Weakoons. Jamal Chan and Weakoons. Right. Yeah, I think that would be nice safe spaces, but I haven't, you know, I haven't had that of my own. Mm-hmm. 
and then in then even then growing up even in college there apparently was like an anime club and it was like so gatekeepery it looked that way because it was all like people with trip pants and the black people had like fried out perms and when i see trip <laughs> pants and fried perms i'm like all right i know where i am and I'm man that's there. a time cap yeah <laughs> <laughs> with the ugly old like hood shut Hood store, um, Dragon Ball Z shirts, but now they do Naruto instead of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> or like, remember the old like anime button up shirts? Yes. Like I think the my cousin had ones? one. Yes. If I find one on Amazon, I am buying it and I'm wearing it to work. <laughs> oh hell! Take a picture. I want to see that shit. <laughs> So, anywho, there was a storyboard artist named Lauren Zook, and she had to deactivate her social media because of unofficial ships. So, in short, the fans love to pair Amethyst and Peridot together, aka Amadot, but Lauren is kind of fond of Lapis and Peridot, so when she made fan art, unofficial art, even though she works and she's part of the crew universe, people got on her ass on that talking about it was quote-unquote queer baiting the implication and suggestion of a queer relationship without the follow-through even though it was just fan art and i'm like but, like, we doing this this now? whole show is like right everybody's gay right. <laughs> everybody it's like gay singing space rocks like i don't understand how that's queer baiting when they're like legitimately like it's not like amethyst Paradise and Lapis Lazuli, it's not like they're different genders. They're all genderless that use female pronouns. Right. So how is that queer baiting? Because no matter what happens, it's a queer relationship. I guess it's not queer baiting for what they want to see. And it's like, how dare you That's suggest this other ship? And it's not my ship. I'll die with my That's ship. And I'm crazy. like, yo. That's like when Why white people say things that, uh, like, exclusively black spaces are racist. Like, oh, BET is racist. What if I want a, a, a white entertainment television? Oh, my Well, God. you have CMT. <laughs> I'm like, but BET is owned by white people. What right. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you Probably think black folks really want to watch Baby Boy? Yeah, girl. <laughs> You know what? To this day, I never watched that whole movie, and I'm okay with that. I don't want to see it. I'm, I don't want to see movies that have trauma for trauma's sake. I don't want to do Wait, that. Wait, you guys Which... haven't seen Baby Boy? Like the no, whole thing? okay. So like, I seen Friday. I can yeah, have my black card. I seen Friday, but I have not sat through Baby Boy. It's so, okay. on all the time. That's why I watched it. <laughs> Girl, I don't watch BET no more. Yeah, <laughs> I stopped watching no, BET watch since like 2000. Well, I don't have cable, so I can't watch BET. Oh, okay. But I will say this. Like, again, my parents were very straight-laced, very strict growing up. And they both grew up in the hood. Matter of fact, my dad grew up in the part of Chicago that people call Sean Rack. He grew up in Inglewood. And that's actually where I was born. And my parents said they didn't want that life for me and, and you know, any other children that they were to have. So they moved us out to the suburbs. So anything that kind of imitated hood life that they moved us away from, I we, that was not allowed in the house because they didn't want us to think that the only way you can exist and be black is to exist and be black in that way, in the kind of hood ghetto dynamic. Mm -hmm. So 
I didn't see, so I've never seen Baby Boy, but I didn't see Friday until I think maybe a year or two ago. And because at that point, like, I never thought to see it anymore. Like, I had seen Coming to America, like, you know, stuff like that. But um, Shamari had found that I hadn't seen Leprechaun and I hadn't seen uh, any of the Leprechauns and I hadn't seen any of the Fridays. And he was like, no, you're about to watch this. So I watched it and I loved it. And I was so mad because I found out that my entire restaurant career, I used to work in, um, for, I used to work for Cracker Barrel, and I found that the entire time working in that restaurant, it was just one long Friday reference, because like, the location I worked at, it doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore, but it was like almost exclusively black employees. Like there was like a handful of white employees that sometimes worked in the morning, and maybe one or two that worked at night, but like mostly black people. And so, like, they kept, I'm watching Friday, and I'm seeing all these things. And I'm like, are you kidding me? My entire life was like a Friday reference, and I didn't even know this. Like, I didn't know it. And then what makes it worse, okay, so, I know we're sidebar, but I was at work, and where I worked, you have to be a part of the clientele. Like, there's a specific requirement for being in the clientele. I'm being vague intentionally, because... I don't want nobody to come to find me. Um, and so I was checking someone's ID. And the guy in front of me, beautiful, like, dark skin. Like, the real smooth, beautiful dark skin. Ugh. Chocolate man. Yes, he was tall. Like, he was Chocolate literally tall, dark, and handsome. And Chocolate the man. identifier he hands me has a white guy on the card. Oh. And his and the name was Craig. And I said, So who's Craig? We got a lot, Craig. I know. Wait, 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 wait. You're jumping ahead. So I'm like, So who's Craig? And the black guy goes, Me. And I just showed him the picture on the identifier he handed me. And in that moment, it did not occur to me to say, You ain't got a lie, Craig. And I was so mad because I thought about it like a day later. And I was Okay. Okay. Please take care of yourself. Cause even though we've been here together, we're still. There. 